Who hopes God has something good to say today? I hope he's got something good to say. I'm just kind of being facetious, but... If you're not from Polk County, would you stand up? Let's welcome all these folks. Welcome to Polk County. I, I don't drive a truck or know what mudslinging is or any of the Polk County things, but we welcome you to Polk County. Well, two weeks ago I had shared a message about abortion, about the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, I believe that this is a major issue that's on God's heart that we need to be discussing and talking about uh, not only in our families and our marriages but especially in the church um, the church is not here for a popularity contest um, this is not um, how we can grow our church by not offending anyone and so we're just going to preach the bible here uh, we are going to talk about subjects and things, though they might make some people feel uncomfortable. That's okay. Uh, I firmly believe that the devil has the church right where he wants them. And what I mean by that is he loves silence. The devil thrives in silence. He cannot thrive in a place or a life who has the courage to speak up and out about what God is doing. And again, I believe that He's caught us because as I've said in love, many in the church are guilty. We do not want to speak up about life because we've taken life. And I want to continue to encourage a generation in the church. I believe many of the folks who are going to be, become the greatest champions for life are women who had abortions that have come into contact with the saving power of the blood of Jesus that speaks better than shame and guilt and condemnation I believe that men who have paid for abortions are going to have the spirit of the living God come upon them and though they might have paid for an abortion God says you will pay for an adoption so I, I really I really, this is something that's on my heart. Our ministry school, Maranatha School of Ministry, we go every Wednesday at noon down to our local abortion clinic. It is open to anyone in our church, someone that you might know. You can meet us down at the abortion clinic at noon every Wednesday, and we'll, we will be standing there. Uh, I, I consider it a high privilege just to fast one meal a week lunch and just say, Lord, end abortion, send revival to our nation. So we want to invite you out there if you'd like to come. Um, if you don't know the movie Unplanned, is coming out this Friday. I want to encourage anyone and everyone to go watch this movie unplanned. Some of us were privileged to some of the pre-screening. Uh, I believe many people will not be able to stomach this movie. I believe some people will throw up. Uh, they're going to give you literally an inside look at what actually happens 
with an abortion. They have rated it R, which has uh, stirred up quite a bit of controversy. For example, if you've noticed over the past few days, K-Love Radio, which is a Christian radio who stands for pro-life, has refused to promote the movie because it has been rated R. And the reason why it's been rated R is just simply an attempt. I mean, think about it. A young girl can go and have an abortion but can't legally go watch a movie about one. And so this is just an agenda from Hollywood to try to keep this movie out of the hands of people that need to see it. And so I want to encourage you, go to your movie theater. Parents use discretion. I would, I would personally uh, probably not take, uh, let's say, uh, a middle schooler or elementary school. That would be for me. I would take a high schooler or a child above that. But you use discretion as a parent. You have to stand before the Lord. But I just want to encourage you to go see the movie Unplanned. And these movies like this truly stay in theaters as long as Christians go and see them. So just by you going, you're helping to keep the movie in theaters. But I believe the Lord said to me as I've been praying about this that he is about to expose uh, many people to the womb of a nation being ripped wide open. I believe in the next two weeks in America, he is going to expose people to the womb of a nation being ripped wide open. So do not be surprised over the media, over the things. There's going to be a, a huge controversy in the next few weeks because of this movie, but I praise God for it. Um, you can get life bands. Um, lastly, next Friday is our Maranatha School of Ministry open house. Uh, we have started our full-time school of ministry that most of you know about. If you don't, Maranatha School of Ministry is a two-year full-time, five-fold school of ministry. We are training and equipping end-time messengers from 18 to 55 years old. We've got a couple moving down that are in their 70s that will be going to the school. Um, I believe that this is a school for folks that feel that call. But again, I believe every person has a full-time call to ministry. Uh, I just told our students the other day, I think 90% of them will not be working at a church. But I'm just going to tell you, I don't really think we need more people working for a church. Uh, we need more people working for God in their various spheres of influence and infiltrating the kingdom. So the open house is next Friday. You can meet our faculty, get a free uh, lunch or, excuse me, uh, dinner, dessert. We'd love to have you. Amen. All right. So this is uh, supposed to be part two of the abortion message, but I can't. So I'd said I was going to do part one and then part two. And as I was uh, studying and praying, uh, I guess you could just say, imagine sitting at your desk doing part two and a bird flies in the window, maybe a dove and sits on your desk and says, no, there's something else. That really didn't happen. Okay, some of you prophetic folks are just like, whoa, cool. No, that's not something to write about online. But... I was interrupted by the Holy Spirit, and so if you're here today because you came for part two of the abortion message, 
I'm going to get to that eventually, but that's not what this morning is for. Um, I believe that absolutely God's heart, abortion is this issue, but I am always open to however the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of studying, might be uh, redirecting me for you. And so I believe that you're here today, not by coincidence, not because you woke up and decided to go to church. I believe the Holy Spirit drew you here to hear this message. So I'm going to preach this message called, You Will Not Plateau. You Will Not Plateau. And so I'm just going to preach this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit if it flies over your head and hits someone next to you, just say hallelujah. Uh, if it's coming right for you, just say thank you, Jesus. Would you tell me more? But I'm going to preach this message called, You Will Not Plateau. And where I'm getting this from is, again, I was just interrupted this week studying for abortion part two and just said okay lord if this is the direction that you're you're uh, pointing whoever shows up here and those that are watching online i believe that this is a corporate word for the body of christ all right good enough explanation um, if you don't know where you're at it's just lakeland and heart of the father okay grab the hand of the person next to you real quick and we'll just jump right into the text. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for your interruptions. We thank you how you come and you just direct us. You give us your word. Your word says man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth. And Lord, I just pray that what comes out of my mouth is from your mouth today. Lord, whatever you want to deposit and fill us up with this morning, God, we're just asking that you would do it. Lord, we receive whatever that you have for us, even if we have to chew the meat and, and spit out the bones. Lord, let us grab hold of whatever it is that you're saying to us. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. All right, if you're taking notes, you will not plateau. That word plateau is P-L-A-T-E-A-U, P-L-A-T-E-A-U, plateau. Uh, when I was asking the Lord about what a plateau was, I was expecting a divine revelation, and he said, Google it. So let me just uh, read you the definition of plateau. Just want to encourage you sometimes when the Lord begins to speak to you about something, oftentimes that first step is called Google. Uh, you don't have to ascend into the third heavens and wait a few weeks. If that's what he tells you to do, go ahead. But uh, I didn't have that much time. Plateau. Um, a definition of a plateau, a couple of them. A period when something does not increase or advance any further. A period when something does not increase or advance any further. Uh, a second definition, to stop growing or increase. To stop growing or increase. Now in geography, a plateau is usually, it's an elevated place, but it's a flat place. 
And so what I believe in some ways God is beginning to speak to some of us this morning is just a phrase by an author last name Collins. He said, the enemy of great is good. I believe that there are people in this room that have taken a step in their walk with God and you're doing fairly well. There are things in your life that are beginning to advance, things that are beginning to increase. But I believe the word of the Lord over you today is this, you will not plateau. You are not called to level out. This is not a season to settle. Now, for a lot of folks, prophetic utterances like this, it comes to make them uncomfortable. It comes to push you farther than you think that you can go. See, the enemy oftentimes of our destiny is called comparison. In fact, one of the primary sources of discouragement in people's lives is they look around them and they say, well, I'm not doing as good as I could do. I, my church isn't that big. I don't have as much money as them. So we get discouraged. But you know what? Some people also get prideful. Because, of course, you're the most spiritual person at your job. No one else is saved. You're doing good compared to what and who. See, I believe that the Lord is coming here this morning, and He's saying at the end of March, He really means March. Like march forward, keep moving on, do not settle for anything less than the best. God's Word, He calls us up into a reality of wholeheartedness, of fully abandoning ourselves to the Lord and saying, God, if I'm growing comfortable because I've advanced a little and I just want to hang out, God, I'm asking that Your Holy Spirit would come today and begin to put a fire up under my rear end. Some of you need a fire up under your rear end that says you cannot settle. You cannot grow comfortable. I have promised you an Isaac. Why would you settle for an Ishmael? See, the thing, I'm not going to go there today, but the thing that often saints don't realize is that God blessed Ishmael. But he only gave covenant to Isaac. See, there are things that God blesses that he will not inhabit. God has spoken promises. He has said specific things to many of you in this room. And again, brother, where are you getting this from? I'm just going off what the Holy Spirit told me. I said, Lord, if this is where you want to take us, I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit to begin to speak into areas of people's lives where you want to challenge them with, there is more. 
Do not settle. Do not take a detour. Do not grow distracted on your journey advancing. See, it's a promise you will not plateau, but you've got to know that's exactly what the devil wants. He just wants a sharp, on-fire believer to just kind of settle down. He wants to make that sharp, cutting edge of a sword in the kingdom just polish it off he wants you to get wisdom from the world from your friends so you will stop believing in faith in God so Lord I'm just asking right now by the power of your Holy Spirit That if anyone in this room is in this place of plateauing, of settling, of getting comfortable, Lord, we want to thank you for where you brought us from. We want to thank you for what you've taken us through. But if this is the day, Sunday, March 23rd, if this is the day where you come in and you unstuck us, where you free us, where you deliver us, where you set us free, where you speak a kind, loving correction from a father, Lord, we say, would you have your way? We will settle for nothing less than what you've promised. Lord, I ask right now that you would begin to uproot and you would begin to tear down mindsets Offers that have come our way that weren't from you. Lord, I just prophesy over this group, we will ascend. We will advance. Lord, I pray for the spirit of power and endurance. Release a spirit of might in this room. We speak to weary, discouraged hearts, and we say you were made for more. We were made for more. Lord, I'm praying that you would bring friends around us that would make us uncomfortable. See, what I know about comfortable people is they're surrounded by other comfortable people. See, when you're in neutral gear, you love to be around other people that are stalling out too. The excuses that you have about why you haven't yet advanced in the calling that God has for your life, we love to kind of hide with them and be miserable with them and throw a pity party about why we just can't. But one of the prayers that God is releasing in the body of Christ is, Lord, place me around hungry people. Place me around leaders and saints. God, give me a wife. Lately, I've just been like, I've got a passion for young people or old. They're not married yet. What are we praying for? What are we believing for? Lord, I want a spouse who when I don't want to travel and preach, she kicks my behind out the door and says, Jeremiah, you better go fulfill the call of God on your life lest I have to answer for why I held you back Uh uh-oh 
See, you think I'm just out there flying all around. My wife is putting her foot in my rear end saying, Son, you better get out there and fulfill the call of God. All right, I'm going to get in trouble with some marriages. Mama, wife, matriarch. If the Lord has given you that man of God, that husband, you better get all over him. You better get in his face. You better get in the secret place. You better confront him and say, Son, priest of the home, father of my children, I'm here today to push you and love you to your destiny. Where am I today? Fathers. Men of the home, you better learn how to serve your wife. You better take the trash out. You better clean the dishes. You better watch the kids so she can go out with her girlfriends. Uh-oh. How can you help your spouse fulfill the call of God on their life? Parents. When are we going to start sacrificing for our children to fulfill their destiny? When is it stop going to be about us and what we want to do? I thank God for a father who said, Jeremiah, I'm not asking you if you want to go on a mission trip. You're going. <laughs> no, you are going to the nations. You are going to go to poverty so you can come back and thank me for all that I've given you. It's quiet in here. I'm ready for a prayer meeting. I'm ready for a shut-in. I'm ready to wake you up and challenge you and encourage you if I've got to confront you by the Spirit of the living God there is more and this is not a season to settle for anything less and sometimes we've just got to get around firebrands we've got to get around hungry people your marriage isn't doing well good get around people that love to make out in public What's the difference? I tell people, if you don't know how to pray, get around the fiery intercessor and just have her do the shunda bunda hunda and get bumming. Listen, if your marriage is struggling, get around people that make you feel uncomfortable. We were at a funeral yesterday, David Vespa's father. I mean, unbelievable all that God did in his life. And I get a text from someone that says, what am I doing with my life? I thought, praise God. Oh, that people would get around you and wonder what they're doing with their life. All right, should we close? All right, Acts 10. Acts 10. So again, we're talking about our journey in God. We're talking about saying yes to Him in certain seasons, but then we find ourselves in a season where we're just hanging out. 
I don't know, maybe you got married and didn't realize you were going to have to learn how to keep the fire burning married too. I don't know, maybe you had kids and you have to realize having kids is not a good excuse for why you can't come to church. Okay. I, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what entered into your life that came to quench the fire of God to inherit all that He has promised you. But I'm telling you today that God is here and He's speaking over your life. You will not plateau. You will not level out. You will not settle. I use the example of David, a great, mighty warrior king. The scriptures say in a season where kings would go off to war, he decided to plateau. And do you know what was right around the plateau? Bathsheba. In that season of hanging out, of settling for good, Lord, I've tasted a little bit of your blessing. See, a lot of times the Lord allows us to taste a little bit of his blessing to encourage us to keep walking in covenant with him. But if we're just operating out of this mindset of what's the least I can do in the kingdom and still get to heaven, we've still not entered into the kingdom. If we're still living our Christian journey wondering what's the least that I can do and still make it to heaven, we haven't yet tasted heaven. I want to know how much of heaven I can have on earth and still be an earth dweller. I mean, you might, you might be in here and I'm just... He had a hundred prophetic words over your life and you're here for another one. I say this in love, you don't need another one. You need to go back over the hundred and ask yourself why none of them have come to pass. It's more than just hearing God. We have to learn how to obey God. When the Lord speaks a word to you in the middle of the plateau, Lord, give us faith. Surround us with other people that are going to press us to not stop short of the goal. Acts chapter 10, I've used this passage over the last nine years here as a body to try to encourage us, and I believe God wants to do it again. Acts chapter 10 Verse 1, there was a certain man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come to him and said to him, Cornelius. And fixing his gaze upon him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon who is called Peter. 
He is staying with a certain tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who was speaking to him had departed, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier. And after he explained everything, he sent them to Joppa. On the next day, verse 9, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. He became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. And he beheld the sky opened up and a certain object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Never, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unclean. Just to give you a very quick background, this is Acts chapter 10. Peter and the apostles are walking together. Jesus has already been betrayed. He's been crucified. He's rose from the dead. He came and he made many convincing proofs. Acts chapter 1, that indeed he rose from the dead, proving that he was the Son of God. They go up to the upper room and they have what we know or what we call as a Pentecost experience. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. Acts 1 to Acts 9, they're seeing the dead raised. They're seeing the lame walk. They're, they're seeing a realm of the kingdom in nine chapters in Acts that many of us, or I would say most of us in this room, have never experienced. They're walking, talking, doing a book of Acts lifestyle, and all of a sudden in Acts chapter 10, God is going to intervene. Some of us in this room, were on the plateau. We're just hanging out. We're settling. Here's the warning. There was once Joseph and his brothers. God sent them to a place called Egypt, a place of safety, a place of deliverance because there was a famine in the land. But the place of Egypt, the place of deliverance became a place of bondage because they stayed too long. I'm telling you, I'm warning you, I'm prophesying to you. Many of you have had some level of advancement. You have inherited some measure of God's promises, but you are either stuck in the wrong place, you're at the wrong church, you're living in the wrong city, you're working at the wrong job. I don't know what it is that God is communicating to you, but oftentimes that place of breakthrough, that initial up, if you stay there too long, the place of promotion actually becomes the place of bondage 
Egypt was once a place of freedom and deliverance for Israel, but because they stayed too long, they became slaves to the Egyptians. If you stay in the plateau, if you settle, if you just thank God for the good and never press on to the great, those sins that once beset you, they can come back for you. That window of opportunity where the Lord says, come up here, come up higher, that hand of promotion, it leaves because we didn't have the faith. We didn't have the knowledge for the more. I look at Peter here in Acts chapter 10. I mean, if you're talking about an expert... If you're looking for a guy who knew it all, seen it all, heard it all, Peter is our guy. But even in Acts 10, God is coming and intervening even in his own plateau. What are you saying? It doesn't matter how far you advance in God, there's always a danger of a plateau. Until we meet Jesus, well, brother, when, when do we have to, when, when can we just settle when we meet him face to face? But as a son, deeply beloved by the Father, I'm pressing on. I'm inheriting everything that Jesus has promised to me. And when I stand before him on that great day, I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I just can't imagine standing before him and him saying, spent too much time praying. Spent too much money in the kingdom. But I can definitely hear him saying, you didn't pray enough. You didn't give enough. All I ever heard was excuses. All I ever heard was an American dream, and I never heard my dream. I mean, our, our entire American culture has come to get you to just settle down. When the Lord is looking for a company of people who are ready to turn the world upside down. There's a man named Cornelius. We don't really know exactly where he's at with the Lord. But he has some measure of knowledge of God. And we know again as I said in Acts 1.9. I mean mighty wonder working power of God. But somehow, some way, God is not able to break into the existing measure of church. Somehow, some way, God has to speak to a man named Cornelius who might not even have been a real believer in Jesus. God has to go around the church and give a man an encounter and send him to an apostle to break in. What am I saying? I'm saying God wants this generation to come to Jesus more than you do. God wants you to fulfill your destiny more than you do. 
I'm telling you, on those discouraging days, you have got to believe that God wants it more than you do. He wants to reconcile your marriage more than you do. He wants to bring your kids back more than you do. I'm telling you, God was so going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh that He said, Peter, you might be in a plateau, but Cornelius isn't. I want you to take encouragement, saints, because I know there are some of us, we're, we're upset, we're discouraged because some parts of the church have got dry, they've got stale, they've got programmed. I'm going to tell you, God is so desiring to pour out His Spirit in this nation that He will go outside of the church if He has to. He'll begin to encounter Hollywood. He'll begin to encounter godless politics politicians pour out his spirit upon them they're going to show up to the church and are you going to manifest a religious demon no i i don't i don't think we yet understand the passion in the heart of god to see awakening in america God is desiring to pour out His Spirit and He's saying, if you don't want it, I'll give it to someone else. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving my birthright away. I'm not giving my inheritance to someone else in this nation. Lord, I want to fulfill whatever the call is that you've got for my life. So God breaks in. Again, Acts 1 through 9, I mean, the greatest revival and awakening you can imagine. And then Peter, he's just coasting. He's on neutral. He's on cruise control. God is saying to some of you today, you're in neutral. You're on cruise control. And here's the thing, only you know. Has anybody ever been in one of those seasons where you know you're doing a good job faking everybody out? Where they're actually congratulating you in your destiny and you know you're compromising? Oh, yeah. Oh, brother, you're doing so good. When the Lord told you, I didn't tell you to do good, I told you to fast. The Corneliuses of this generation are coming. God is about to sovereignly move on the hearts of men and women in this nation that we just have no clue about. And they are about to walk into a church. They're about to walk into a ministry. They're about to walk into a, a, a person's life near you and say, hey, I had this encounter. Something is happening. Can you help me? And won't you know that oftentimes the Lord uses new converts to restore the joy of our salvation? Brother, how do I get off the, the plateau? When's the last time you went out evangelizing? Well, what are you talking about? When's the last time you got rejected? 
When I was in college, when I was in my young 20s, how I kept the fire burning is I would go to college tailgates where they were all blasted out of their mind doing ungodly deeds, and I would get so, oh God! There really is a lost and a dying world out here that you're trying to use to stoke the fire. But I would just rather play house and attend a church and believe I'm going to heaven when the world is dying and going to hell. That's not okay. How do I get off the plateau? How do I do something? Do anything. May position you. How do I hear the voice of God? How do I know which one is Him? The voice of God is the one telling you what you don't want to do. It's honestly really not that hard. Listen to the voice that makes your flesh mad. That's Him. Lord, I want the fire. Lord, I want all that you have for me. Awesome, what's on the altar? Where's the sacrifice? Where's the seed money? Where's the time? Where's the... I meet so many... I believe you, you want it. You want to fulfill destiny, but do you have any skin in the game? Do you have any investment? Do you have anything that, that, that you're, you know, it's like the, you know, on Facebook, the GoFundMe, you know, 1974, you know, pushing the lawnmower. I mean, if you're going to ask people for money, I mean, please at least offer to cut their grass. I mean, what, what are we warring against this morning? Entitlement? That we just inherently believe that God owes us something? That we can just get married and go to church and believe that this is God's best? I'm just thankful for God's intervention. I'm thankful for working with knuckleheads like me. I'm thankful for planning abortion part two. And he says, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, you're doing, you will not plateau. I'm thankful for the interventions. I'm thankful for the the knocks on the door. I'm thankful for God sending people into my life that can help me wake me up. I mean, even in the most strange ways. There's a gentleman here, right here this morning. He has no idea how much he saved me from my own stupidity. The real quick, quick thing is the Lord revealed a house. It can be anything, a house that my wife and I were going to buy. He promised it to us. We made an offer. What do you know? They rejected it. I just said, ah, that's it. I, we started looking around at different houses. We found a house, but it really, so we wanted to do all these different renovations. And the guy who shows up to maybe help with the renovations, I give him the whole list, and he looks at me and he says, are you sure this is the house God wants for you? I mean, he's just making a, 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 a suggestion. Conviction hit my heart like a sword through my belly. 
I get in the truck and I start crying. I'm saying, oh God, I am settling for less than what you promised me. And you just used some random guy who didn't even know he was basically prophesying to me. I'm telling you, God wants it more than you do. He is trying. He is speaking. He is operating. He's saying, hey, but we've got to be hungry. We've got to be willing. We've got to have hope and say, Lord, I believe you. I trust in you. If I'm off course, would you get me back on course? If I'm a knucklehead, would you bring some people around me that aren't knuckleheads? If I can't hear you, will you bring people around me that can hear you? But Lord, I just need help. Does anybody need help here today? Because if you don't need help, you're out of tune with your need for God. That's what it means to be saved. I confess that I have a deep, innate need for God. And without Him, I'm seriously lost. The Corneliuses are coming. Look for Him. You might be watching TV. You might be eating at a restaurant. And all of a sudden, Jehovah's Sneaky breaks in. All of a sudden, some guy or some girl, some news anchor, something, all of a sudden, it grips your heart and the Lord says, that's me. So the Lord uses Cornelius. I'm prophesying to you. The church corporately has a destiny. Many of us know we're settling. We're plateauing. God is so after awakening and revival that he is stirring the hearts of Cornelius. Cornelius walks onto the scene. He sends his guys and he finds Peter. Peter represents you and I in some ways. He's a believer. He's walked with the Lord. But God has something for him. He's in a plateau. The Lord reveals this sheet that's coming down from heaven full of four-footed creatures. If you know Hebrew custom, they would not eat that kind of meat. And all of a sudden, God says to Peter, kill and eat. And all of a sudden, Peter says, uh-uh, uh, ne- never. I will never eat anything unclean. Brother, how do I get off this plateau? You might be looking for the wrong thing. See, Peter was used to tongues of fire, but I don't know that he was looking for a white sheet. God might have encountered you one way years ago, but he's about to encounter you a whole nother way. Brother, get me off this plateau. Change your devotional time. Really? Yeah, stop meeting with God at 8 a.m. and meet with him at 8 p.m. It's really, I don't know, but are you willing? Are you ready? Are you able to ask God, Lord, if I'm getting comfortable, if if I'm growing complacent, if I've lost the fire, the hunger, if if I, I prophesy to some of you here in your later years, I keep speaking this, this is not the day for retirement, it's called refirement. Now, you might retire from your, quote, job, but I'm telling you the real job is just beginning. 
There's no one in this room, no matter how old you are, that God does not want you to fulfill the destiny. What are you saying? God is coming for His investment. It's what keeps me going. When I look back on my life and I see all that God has done, how can I remain silent? God has blessed me financially. He has used so many people to sow into my life. I have the fear of the living God that I better give back to the kingdom because God invested in me. Does anybody remember where you came from? How He delivered you. How He, Lord, give us the fear of the Lord. Oh, God. I got saved because someone came and they knocked on the door of my house in my neighborhood. And they set me free. I was sexually abused. Whatever the testimony, you better get out there and start knocking on those doors. Because just like you got saved, how is someone else going to get saved if you don't go? I just, I got a virus. No, literally, I'm, I'm sick inside, like with the best sickness. Like I just, I cannot sit around. I just, I can't. Like relax, bro, just look up in the sky. All I see is Jesus returning. Like, look around you. Just take a break. Just go to the Disney World and hang out. All I see is people that if they don't know Jesus, they're going to die and go to hell. Like, you, you just, you, you, you get so messed up in God. There, there's just no, like, you know, w w would you give your life to Jesus if someone, you know, put a gun? I, I, I don't need... Like, pull the trigger. Like, do you know God? I'm past, do you know God? I mean, He, he wants all of us. Every, every single last inch of our souls fully surrendered to the Lord. I, I was telling our, our Maranatha students this week, my heart breaks because I think we've preached the gospel. We've preached redemption just as the forgiveness of sins. But you know, part of redemption is that you are God's possession. It's just not He saved you and set you free. It's you are mine. You became a slave to sin and now you are a slave to God. We don't tell God what to do. He tells us what to do. He is Lord and Master and Savior of our lives. And I will go wherever He tells me to go. And I will do whatever He tells me to do. And Lord, if it hurts, I'll just get over it. Oh, I just, there are people in this room, you've had the breakthrough. You've had the encounter. You've had the experience. But God is saying today, it's time to say yes again. Peter, I just can't imagine. I think to myself, if Peter needed an upgrade, surely we all do. <laughs> if there's any guy that God could have given a break and said, you know what? You've seen the dead raised. You, you, you've seen the lame walk. I mean, you've got your spiritual PhD. I mean, just take a seat. 
No, if the Lord would come to this guy, see, some of us have given God everything except what he really wants. You know, it's like the fasting, right? Like I'll throw myself under the bus. Really, the addiction is coffee. So I go on a fast and I fast everything but coffee. I'm going to step on it, but it needs to be stepped on. Lord, I give you my all. God, send revival. I'll give you everything. And the one thing you won't give him is your money. Welcome to America. So let's go down the points here quickly, and we'll, we'll, we'll close and we'll pray. Number one, how, how, how do I get off the plateau? Here's a great question. What are the nevers? What are the, what are the, what's that one thing I'm just thinking to myself? If God would come to Peter, and he, he knew he had probably a huge percentage of Peter, but he comes to Peter and he reveals this white sheet. I mean, guys, this, this encounter Peter's having, it, it's why all Gentiles can be saved now. This is just not a white sheet with four-footed creatures. God is trying to tell Peter the gospel is not just for the Jew, it's for the Gentile. Some of you have only seen, I'm prophesying to somebody, you've only seen a portion of your calling. You've only just stepped into a little bit. Don't settle for anything less than what that prophetic word spoke to you over as a little boy. Don't settle for anything less than what your parents. Do not settle for anything less. You've only just seen a glimpse. There's more. But I'm telling you the quickest way to put out the fire is get around people that aren't pressing for the more. I call it spiritual abortion. Everybody has a baby inside of them, a spiritual baby. The gifting, the calling, the burning. When you get around people that don't have that same burning, they will abort the baby. Elizabeth got around Mary, pregnant with John the Baptist. It says the baby leapt in her womb. Get around people that make your baby jump. I, I believe that there are millions of people who miss their calling all because they weren't a part of the right tribe. They were not connected to the right people. And again, I get it. You hate them some days and you love them the next. I mean, you're like, Lord, I thank you for their fire, but they're really ticking me off right now. I mean, I had just got comfortable and I'm just, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And this bozo runs up and says, yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet. But that, to me, this would describe my spiritual journey. I feel like I hit a wall. The Spirit of God comes in and He reveals truth. He breaks me down. The wall's removed. I sprint again. I hit a wall. I'm just, I'm thankful that every single time I hit a wall and I hit a plateau, the Spirit of God somehow, some way breaks in. He sends a Cornelius. He confronts me. He speaks to my wife. God bless her. I mean, thank you. How many men are products of a breakthrough because your wife speaks? truth hallelujah
He's the God of the breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough. Some of you need to go into the summer. I fear that for some of you, Bathsheba's right around the corner. I fear for some of you that you're going to settle for an Ishmael when God's giving you an Isaac. Brother, what's, what, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, the price is high. Well, brother, there, there's not a tribe in my area. You're going to have to move. There's not a tribe at my church. You're going to have to change churches. The Bible says, beware of false prophets. Here's my rendition. Beware of well-intending family members. Beware of family members who are loving a good Christian life, but have settled for far less than what the Bible has promised. I'm not saying dishonor them. I'm not saying throw them out. But I'm saying you better know what God's called you to do. And even if your mama or their mama or their daddy or mama-in-law or daddy-in-law thinks that they have a plan and they have a purpose, hey, thank you very much, but this is my marriage and these are my kids and we're going somewhere. I thought about writing a book one day. I can't tell you how many people are forever separated from their destiny because they are being controlled and manipulated by a parent or an in-law. All right, I'm losing you. I'm just saying, be on the lookout. Not only be on the lookout, but here's one of my prayers. Lord, I want to be a person of release. Lord, I, I want to be a person that when people feel like it's time to go, when people feel like the Lord is sending them, I want to be their greatest cheerleader. Lord, I want to have the inside track on no one's believing in the dream, but I see it and I want to get behind it. Lord, I want to support a pioneering generation. It's like when we first planted this church. Listen, when it's just a dream inside of a man's heart, no one wants to give. They don't want to give until they see something like this. If you're a pioneer, you're a marketplace person, you know what I'm talking about. There are very few people that will give financially and serve sacrificially in the church or the business world when the dream is nothing. But you know what? When the dream is nothing, that's when God intervenes. That's when God sends the right people. I just, I believe some of you, the Lord is saying so practically, you've got to get around the right people. You've got to find your tribe. You've got to get people where you're going to love them some days and you're going to hate them the next. As iron sharpens iron, let an army of blacksmiths arise in this city. Lord, raise up a generation of people who have a dysfunctional marriage and are not afraid to get around a functional marriage and ask for help. Lord, raise up parents who have no clue how to parent their children who are willing to swallow their pride and ask somebody for help. All right, I think I've cut, cut off about eight toes so far. I've got two more. This March Madness. 
Come on, you made it to the sweet 16, Brandon. We've got to get to the Elite Eight. Don't settle for the Elite Eight. We've got to get to the Final Four. Don't settle for the Final Four. We've got to get... You might be ankle deep. You might be knee deep. You might be, bro, I don't even know what you're talking about today. I'm telling you, there's more. And the price for more, sometimes it's discomfort. The time for the cost for more, sometimes is loss of friends. But I'm telling you, God will withhold no good thing from those who seek His face. The cost and the temporary sacrifice is nothing compared to walking in the will of God for your life. I refuse to tone down the fire for those who are less hungry. I refuse to bow my knee and compromise to what people want to hear rather than trumpeting whatever God speaks to me. The wisdom of the world, the Bible says, is demonic. Did you just hear the word of God? The wisdom of this world is demonic. It's foolish, but it's demonic. Sometimes what's rational, sometimes what makes sense is antithetical to the call of God on your life. The Lord says, give 10,000. Well, we've only got 10,500. The Lord says, give 10,000. Give 10,000. Well, the Lord says, move. Well, we don't have the money to move. Did God say, move? Get your butt in the truck and move. I don't know who I came here for today. I don't know what kind of cages need to be rattled. But I'm not going to sit on the sideline in a generation and watch them miss out on their destiny. That is love. That is love. What father, what mother would allow their children to settle for anything less? I don't know who this is for. I hope it's for somebody. Because I feel crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the never? Just bow your heads for a second. We're landing a plane. God, we're asking if there's just even one thing. Peter had given you so much. But still you said, Lord, what, what is the one thing? Maybe there's many things. Many, maybe you feel like, man, there's so much. I just encourage you today, just give one. I think you should give it all, but just give one. If that's what it takes, Lord, right here, right now. Whatever the obstacle, whatever the hindrance, whatever the box, whatever the limitation, whatever we think you can't do. hear God saying the wind of my spirit is blowing the 
wind of my spirit is blowing. I'm looking for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see what my spirit is saying in this hour. Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Lord, we need you to speak. Just hear God saying, who are your counselors? Who are your counselors? I just really feel like the Lord is saying strong, we have to have godly counselors. Next question, who are your friends? It's okay for some godly repentance. It's okay if you feel stuck on the plane. It's okay to say, God, I feel like I'm standing before a 36-foot wall. I need you to get this thing down. God, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm believing today by the power of your word, God, that you're moving, you're speaking. month of March, it's time to march. It's time to march forward. I just break cycles right now in the name of Jesus. I break substance abuse cycles now in the name of Jesus. The Lord is freeing someone right now from alcoholism. The Lord is freeing someone from cigarettes. The power of addiction is being broken off of your life in the presence of God. The Lord says, I release a new wave and measure of my presence. Just take a deep breath. New oxygen. There's more. There's more. There's more. God, help us get there. Some of you have trusted God in the past and you got seriously burned. You thought you heard God and you're still not even sure if it was Him or not. The Lord says, keep moving forward.
Lord, make us a people that will not settle. We pray that over your life. Lord, make me a person that will not settle. Lord, give me a marriage that will not settle. just a word of wisdom I want to give you when you're in the presence of God and he speaks something do it because the moment you go home you're not going to want to do it every time the Lord tells me to give money to somebody I tell my wife write the check right now and get rid of it can I just be honest with you every time the Lord says oh you're going to do that I've got to make some effort some commitment even if I know it's going to come back and bite me in the butt, I've got to do it right now. There's just a realm of, of the Spirit. I just, I know, I know, I, I just, I can get in trouble, but I just, I appreciate structure. I appreciate order. I appreciate life planning. I appreciate life coaching. But I'm telling you, there can come a point in time where all of that quenches the Holy Ghost. You will reap what you sow. If you want to reap into those systems, God bless you. That's a great foundation. But I want to reap and sow into the spirit realm. Where at any time and at any point, He wants my money, He wants my time, He wants my family. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. But I just learned over the course of some years, I've got to do it now. I just want to pray one more time. Father, I pray that there would be no more delays. The Lord says some of you are suffering from stunted growth. I feel right now that there's some real destinies on the line. If you stay where you're at, you will wither on the vine and die. The place that God brought you to was His will for a season, but it's time to move on. The people he connected you to were the people he connected to you to for a season, but it's time to move on. Nothing bad has to happen for you to move on. I just break that mindset. Sometimes God says go, and all you've got is it's time to go. Lord, I pray right now against fear. There are many of you in this room, you are deeply afraid that if you do what God is calling you to do, it's going to make a family member upset. Whoever this is for, but I break witchcraft coming from your parents or your parents-in-law. You are under what I call charismatic witchcraft. And I break the power of any spirit 
bringing confusion into your marriage, causing strife in your home, usurping your authority as a husband. I set women free in here that had a controlling, manipulating mother. We break the power of witchcraft off of your life and we say who the sun sets free is free indeed. If anything that I'm saying in the last few minutes is making sense, would you just stand? The Lord, you feel like he's, you got to move on. You've got to, there's a place, there's friends, the witchcraft stuff. If you, if you feel like there's some, some realm of freedom that you know you need. I just thank God for truth. Some of us know it and some of us don't even have a clue. Father, in the name of Jesus, if you're sitting, will you just stretch out your hands toward these folks? I believe that there's a corporate anointing here for deliverance and breakthrough. God, I pray right now that the only voice that we would hear is your voice. That you would silence the echoes. That you would silence the other voices in our lives that would try to redirect us and bring confusion Lord, we pray for freedom right now. Randy Horton, I just feel like the Lord is saying that you have come under a strong spirit of witchcraft for many years. And the Lord says that even as you fought it and you tried your best, the Lord says it felt like on many days that it was overcoming you. But the Lord would say to you today that I am breaking the power of witchcraft and a bearing of false witness against you and your family. The Lord says, I am clearing your name in heaven's courts, and I will clear your name on earth's courts. The Lord says, I will clear, clear your name, and I will give you favor. The Lord says, Randy, you will not be a beggar in the days ahead, but you will receive as a father and as a son. The Lord says that there is a more excellent way that you're going to walk in until the day that you die. There is a realm of favor and blessing that will overtake you and your family. And we just thank you for a decree, a freedom. The Lord says, not guilty. Just pray winds of refreshing just to blow on Randy and Madeline and their family today. Thank you for freedom, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. What are we asking for? Here's what we're asking for. We're asking God to make us people of the Spirit. People of the Spirit do not operate like people of the world. Just get used to people thinking you're nuts. If they think you're nuts for giving a tithe, 
what will they say when you give 90? Oh, I got a prophetic word for someone. They think you're crazy for Jesus now. They've not seen anything yet. They, they think you're in a cult now. I believe that we should be living so according to the Spirit that literally people don't have a clue what's happening. They won't understand unless they get in the Spirit too. The words of Paul, I'm quoting you the Bible, know no man according to the flesh. Do you know that you need friends who can see you according to the Spirit? Because if you can't see people according to the Spirit, you'll never receive from them. See, I have friends, but when they start flowing in a prophetic anointing, they're no longer my friend, they're a prophet. I'm trying to teach you something. I receive them according to the Spirit, knowing there's divine utterance coming out of them. Lord, I pray that you would help us relate to one another according to the Spirit. I feel like somebody, the Lord is saying, your marriage will change if you stop operating according to the flesh and start honoring one another according to the Spirit. All right, let's all stand today. Next Sunday, I'll be ministering. We've got an exciting announcement for you that I can't tell you until then. All right, like, bro, you just little witchcraft. No manipulation in that. I, I'm sworn by the elders, sorry. Okay. Let's pray. Would you grab the hand of the person next? I just want to, I'm just being obedient today. Maybe you got something, maybe you didn't. But I'm believing that the Lord is saying, you will not plateau. And as he spoke it to me, I just want to speak it over your life. And all you've got to do is just agree with it and ask Holy Spirit to show you. So, Father, we've, we've gathered here today. And Father, we just posture our hearts before you in obedience. God, we thank you for the judging of New Testament words. God, we invite you to judge what's been spoken today and that you would reveal the truth to each one of our hearts. Thank you that we have the Holy Spirit who can lead and guide each one of us into the truth. And Lord, we just say, and we agree with your word, that we will not plateau, that we will not settle for anything less than what you've promised. Lord, for those in this room, God, that you've promised hundreds of thousands of dollars, let them not settle for thousands. Lord, for those in this room that you want to have five kids and they've said two is enough, God, I ask right now in Jesus' name, Father, that you would bring conviction and deliverance to their minds. 
Lord, I pray, Father, for those oaths that we've made in our hearts, things that we've said that are not from your Spirit. Lord, we break their power over our minds and our hearts where we've told you, I will never. Lord, I know in my own life, every time I tell you, I will never, that's exactly what you make me do. Hello. So, Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for the ascended lifestyle. Lord, work out all the details, Father. I pray for a great afternoon and a great week for each one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. God bless you all, and we'll see you this week. Have a great afternoon.